Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are just as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They're milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Betches Media presents. If you feel depressed and if you feel anxious and you feel confused, you know what? Welcome to the club. Gazpacho police. Oh my God. What a stupid son of a bitch. He believes that it's a woman's right, it's a woman's body, and it's her choice. The Betches Sup Podcast. Sayonara, sucker. Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Millie Tamaras. And this is the Betches Sup Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. I am back. I would like to extend my deepest gratitude to Millie and Elise and Bridget for holding down the fort and perhaps more importantly to the jury in the Depp Heard trial for delivering their verdict while I was out of the country. <laughs> we discussed it on the pod. We were like, God bless you for being out of town for that one. <laughs> I know. And I this know. is one news story I'm not going to navigate. And also... Mm-hmm. Um, where we were like, let's not text Amanda about it either. While oh, she's yeah. on vacation. That was nice. Let's that leave her nice. alone. Let's I'm sure she's she heard. It took me, that was when I really had to like, I had to like delete the app on my phone because I was just like in a rage spiral. It was like towards the beginning of my trip. And we're going to talk today about how people are, have just been like absolutely harassed. And we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I got, you know, a certain response. And then once the verdict came, everything we said, I personally felt extremely validated because the reaction it has been before the verdict was so to people saying, hey, maybe we should like be careful about this was so strong that I was like doubting myself. So I was kind of like validated and affirmed to see that like most smart women I know were like, hey, yeah, this is this not is like a great up. precedent. Exactly. Yeah, well, it is. It is very interesting. And I know like stuff has already begun to look into like from whence Johnny Depp's internet army came. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but it it was scary. And like, to be honest, even talking about it on here, talking about it, it in the newsletter, I was just like, I really don't feel like dealing with this. I don't want to get a bunch of mean messages. I did not get any mean messages as a result of anything we said no. on the podcast. No, I'm kidding. Well, there are some yeah. things that like, and yeah, you Sammy missed and I, me. I didn't get your message. If you <laughs> sent it. So just resend. I think our <laughs> listeners are very like humane people. And even if they mm-hmm. don't agree with everything we say, they don't feel the need to like call us out about it. But mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, or, like, send the, you a vicious the cool message. thing about SUP is that like, and Sammy and I talk about this is like, we are not CNN. We are not NBC. We are not the New York Times. There We're are better. certain topics. <laughs> We're better. The, not the failing New York Times, but the thriving Betches Sup. Absolutely. There are like certain things that are not, frankly, worth discussing if, if it's going to result in abuse towards our team members. Like, it's just not going to happen. So I told Bridget, like, you can tread softly. But I did what I did do is like uh, some bigger accounts that did, you know, speak up about it and hadn't yet. I commented like, thank you for this. Like reductress in particular had like just, I noticed they just, they're amazing. They just hit a million followers and then they posted that. And I was like, oh, they're good. They're about to lose like thousands of followers. I just thought that was badass that they were like, you know what? We're just going to post this. And I commented that like, this was badass. And then people started harassing me. You guys know, I don't really post to my Instagram feed. People start just commenting things on pictures of my dog about how like <laughs> people Johnny Depp triumphed. That's the thing. Worse that's than the, the thing. fucking it's bars. Wild. 
I didn't yeah, know. Please. You know what it is? They were all like, it, they're, it's like sleeper agents. Like, like Nicki Minaj, Taylor Swift, Ariana Grande. We know that those fandoms are a little nutty. Yeah. But Elon Musk. Elon Musk. Oh my God. Elon Musk, Gary V. Those people have been crazy online all the time. So everybody knows you say something about Ariana Grande, you say something about Nicki Minaj, they're going to come for you. We did not know about the sleeper agents no. that are in our, that were the Johnny dormant, tandem. That, that just suddenly woke up ready to attack and cause terror online. <laughs> I just, wow. I did not Came know. Came out of nowhere. I, say, I had no idea. Came out of nowhere, super big surprise. I will say something that was really interesting and enlightening that we, after we recorded the segment, I saw um, a little CBS or something interview with Amber Heard's lawyer. And basically, like, she's an incredibly intelligent woman. And she's just like, we couldn't use like half of the evidence that we used in the English trial. We couldn't even talk wow. about the English wow. trial. Yeah. We couldn't yeah. even, we, they, we couldn't stop there. So there's a lot of reasons mm -hmm. why this trial went the way that it did and why Johnny Depp's team decided to do this online attack thing that we're seeing, but certainly mm -hmm. sleeper agents, man. Yeah, I, I literally got to the point where I was like, I would, I think I would rather talk about Israel and Palestine on the podcast again than talk about this, which is like really, really telling. Yeah, because Israel and Palestine was a dark time, but I mean that that's another thing where you're just like, oh god, and nothing you say is right. Everyone's so angry at me all of the time. But I was again glad to be out of the country. More mass shootings, rough, rough. As soon as rough. I landed back here, I wanted to uh, unsubscribe. Ten this weekend, unreal. Ten mass Gross. shootings. I literally felt like for a week I felt safer and like the wedding I went to was in France and then there was one day where there was like a cluster of people. The wedding was like mostly, I think it was like half Americans and then half people that primarily live in like Korea or France. And so people were just like talking about like, I just like was listening in on this group of people that non-Americans talking about like their encounters with Americans and discussions about guns. And they were like laughing about, not like laughing at gun violence, but they were like, it's just crazy. These people, they have these weapons and they think they need to hunt their food. And just to hear like their perspective on it is just, it's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. Uh, it's embarrassing. And we live here. Like me and Elise said, Elise, <laughs> what militia is an AR-15 gonna fucking save you from? Truly. When they can nope. do drone strikes. <laughs> yep. The U.S. government can, like, literally just press a button on a computer and be like, bye-bye to your house. That's an excellent They don't point. even got to leave the, the, your entire block, and they don't even got to leave their fucking office. Why do we need a $700 billion military budget when apparently just a single assault rifle will do the trick? Yeah, you can protect yourselves against the U.S. military with an assault <laughs> rifle. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, today... Unfortunately, once again, we will be discussing the intersection between celebrity and politics, which this mm. time has been forced into the Los Angeles mayor's race. So this has been, you know, really sort of gaining steam in people's attention in the past couple of weeks. And uh, California is among seven states holding primaries today. We're going to talk about it today and obviously touch in on the results tomorrow, but sort of to prime you on how to interpret the results as you see them today. So the outcome in California, it may give some insight into what kind of politicians some of the nation's most liberal enclaves may be willing to elect as long as they're perceived as tough on crime. 
So some leaders in California democratic politics have favored or expressed support, not even necessarily always implemented, just been like, hey, maybe let's consider uh, policies. And some, of course, have been implemented, but policies that reduce sentencing or bail reform and aim to lower the population of overcrowded prisons. We've seen this in New York City as well. And their opponents have framed these policies as the reason for some crime increases, which which there have been, but they have been, experts say they're generally overstated by, by the politicians that are kind of trying to fear monger. The DA in San Francisco also faces a recall election because of some of these concerns, but the sort of big banner race is the Los Angeles mayoral race, where faux Democrat Rick Caruso has gathered steam and celebrity endorsements on a crime reduction platform. This narrative of like is also embarrassing that this guy owns a bunch of malls. I know some of them like I know he like built the Grove, but I'm always just going to call it malls. Just malls. The Grove is a mall. It's a glorified mall. <laughs> I didn't mall. realize that's what he built. That he yeah. built the Grove. Oh, God. <laughs> I genuinely think that like half the people we're going to talk about who endorsed him was like, oh, the guy. I love the Grove. Great. Yeah. Oh, it's so nice to spend my afternoon at the Grove. I mean, it reminds me, Rick Caruso's entire candidacy kind of reminds me of like the Bloomberg thing from back in the 2020 primaries when Mm -hmm. he like basically just tried to on the virtue of being a billionaire kind of surpass the entire electoral situation because this Rick Caruso guy, I mean, first of all, he used to be a Republican. Now he's a quote-unquote Democrat. Oh, he's a billionaire. The deadline to enter the race, he switched his affiliation. Yeah, he's... um, He's a billionaire. He's injected. I think I I wrote in the sub today that it was 34 million of his own dollars into the primary. And... um, as that guy Adam Conover from Adam Ruins Everything like sounded the alarm about on Twitter, he could outright, if he like flooded this with so much money that his name recognition actually got him to over 50% of the vote, he could actually just win the entire thing outright today. Today. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that that's going to happen, but like it is something that with money in a primary that's crowded, because it's an all party primary and then like the top two people move on to the, like the general but if someone gets over 50%, then they just win. And it's just like people, you know, he changed his name to Democrat. People, people don't have gas is how much in California. People don't have time to like over $5. It's so expensive. Like what I'm saying is people don't have time to research. They're like, Oh, whatever Democrat I've seen his name, whatever. They're not researching the deep policies. Kim Kardashian fucking endorsed him. Let me Mm -hmm. vote for him. Which Katy don't Perry. Even get me st- Katy Perry. Katy Perry yeah. is disappointing. As a Buddhist, Katy Perry's in my same sect of Buddhism. I'm so serious. Because Orlando Bloom is. And I'm disappointed. That's not what we're Did practice. Orlando Bloom make an endorsement? No, because he's I feel like he, he knows a little bit better. He's a foreigner. Is Orlando Bloom a citizen of the United States? No, Orlando Bloom know. illegally votes. <laughs> Maybe Maybe a what a storyline. What a storyline. <laughs> Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click 
gift mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com, and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And gift mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. So, right. So this guy, I feel like basically he has, you know, like you said, people are concerned. They this 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 crime narrative can be scary for people, and especially in LA and especially among like Hollywood, I feel like all they need to hear is Democrat, and that gives them cover to vote for whoever they want. I feel like this whole yes. race is just giving Hollywood cover to vote for the Republicans they've always dreamed of voting for. Uh, you've probably seen a lot of people raise the alarm about Rick. Well, first of all, let's talk about his main opponent, who is Congresswoman Karen Bass. It's infuriating that she is the one that is dealing with this because she's just the coolest woman ever. She's been in Congress for six terms. She was on Biden's shortlist. She's like kept really deep community and activism roots there. I mean, just like couldn't ask, couldn't ask for a more, a more premium, premium candidate. And um, she's only put $2 million in this race, which honestly is that we should just, there should be limits on how much money you can put into a race. I mean, there are in France and Marie Le Pen has not been able to win. So yeah. you've probably seen a lot of people raising the alarm around Rick Crusoe. And for good reason. Again, billionaire mall magnate, mall guy, former Republican, but he, he was able to hire one of California's top Democratic consulting firms. Boo. He switches affiliation to Democrat, like I said, just weeks before the deadline to enter in the race. So he spent so much money. And as Lee said, much of this has been spent to flood L.A. households with ads promoting, saying they're going to clean up homelessness, add more police. He's been lamenting that his hometown has become overrun by homeless people. And it's just this real framing as like homeless people as a as a villain that can just simply be that can simply be removed. He's, but what does it mean? Yeah. Like, exactly. what does it mean when someone like That's Rick Caruso says clean up? homelessness or whatever because he's not talking about providing housing so this is my question always is like where are they going to go not in front of my house yeah where are you cleaning them up to to where right you can sweep them right these are human beings but that's why it's like it's just all these sweeps of like all of these unhoused people who can't get back into housing because it, once you lose housing, especially in California, it's nearly impossible to get back into the housing market and to get back on your feet and to start renting again and to get yourself back into a place. So now you've become un, you, you've lost your home. You're experiencing homelessness. It's really hard to get out of it. And then they just sweep people from park to park all the time. But where are they? How are they supposed to become no longer homeless? How? Pushing them to Ventura County, to fucking Orange County, to different counties. That's what their solution is. They just want what they're experiencing. They just want what the unhoused people are experiencing outside to be hidden inside. They don't actually want to address it. And so this guy has... 
He's definitely taking the sort of like Eric Adams approach of beefing up law enforcement, policing the Terrible. city more, just like, which is just really icky because the mm-hmm. LAPD especially, just like not, not great track record with. No, they have white supremacist gangs within the LAPD. Look it up. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and he has Look apparently promoted some policies that like sound good. Like here we can get all of this housing, but there's such pie in the sky things that experts say like, we don't have thousands of people who are rushing to go work for the city of LA's like to help unhoused people because you get paid trash. And that is a very, very challenging and difficult job. I'm sure. I mean, there's a reason why unhoused people don't always want to go in shelters. It's, there's so much to that. And so basically people like, there's nothing, he's not making any promises on how these, he's not promising how he can execute these things. He's really just using his money to spend a few, he just seems like he, you know, he's a rich guy who has nothing else to do and he's using all of his money to manipulate LA voters and all of these celebrities are helping him. Well, the thing for me is that this guy's rich. He sees like things have changed. He's seeing more homeless people. Instead of taking all his millions and millions of dollars and go fucking off on an island, he's like, I'm going to go do something. I'm going to get these homeless people out of here. Not really, not really like seeing them as human beings. And that's the problem. You know, this is what I was sharing earlier, Amanda. And those texts was just like, these celebrities don't see themselves as home. Like, like they don't have a human connection to homelessness because they're so rich being closer to a billion dollars is so rare. And you have to fuck up really, really badly to be homeless from being a billionaire like Kim Kardashian. So Mm -hmm. right. The, the reality of homelessness is that it just takes people. Oh, you know, I can't afford rent. I'm going to live in my car. Oh, I can't park here. I'm sleeping in my car. I get a parking ticket. Oh, they're repossessing my car. I'm going to sleep on the tent for a little bit. Oh, they want me to be in a shelter, but I have to leave every day. I can't leave stuff there. I can't bring my dog. I can't bring my partner. Like, these are reasons why people sleep on the street. And the reality is these these rich billionaire people who want to run for office have no human connection with the homeless that's why they just say we're gonna sweep them we're gonna move them outside of county lines you don't have to see them anymore when you're going to the mall like if malls aren't like this dying fucking industry place shit anyway right but it's more important to save malls than to save to save the unhoused people. Yeah, because they don't care about human beings. They only care about capital. But anyway. And like you said, I mean, so the fear mongering has worked on a number of celebrities who have publicly endorsed him, including Kim Kardashian, Kris Jenner, Gwyneth Paltrow, Katy Perry, Elon Musk, Snoop Dogg. And the one that makes me laugh the most is just Wolfgang Puck. I don't know. Like, I'll buy a seizing mix from you, bro, but you don't need just to chime in. There's a Wolfgang Puck in the Grove or something. Exactly. Well, Gwyneth is longtime friends with Rick Caruso and has a goop store at his resort. But like you were saying, how out of touch these people are. Neither Paltrow nor Kardashian actually live in the city of Los Angeles. Neither does Snoop. And Gwyneth doesn't even live in Los Angeles County. She lives in Montecito. So she's not even like seeing. Yeah, they don't even. They've already swept all of the unhoused people out of her area. She's just thinking about hypothetical ones that she might see when she's going to set someday. When, yeah, when she goes to Hollywood, she doesn't want to see, or, or when she goes to downtown LA, she doesn't want to pass by Skid Row, you know, so it's just so disgusting. And it's like, okay, yeah, you know, I will, if Kim Kardashian's like, try this lotion, fine. Mm-hmm. If Kim Kardashian wears this outfit and Fashion Nova has a cheaper plus size version and it looks good on me, I might buy it. Am I going to fucking listen to what Kim Kardashian says 
about politics. No, because we no. don't live the same lives. And because she I know people know will anticipate this because people always do like, well, but but what about all the people she helps like free that are wrong and convicted? It's like, well, at least she is doing that with professionals who who consult her and tell her what to draw attention to and tell her what to say. This it's like it's just crazy how casual like whenever we post. I remember I posted on SUP. I took it down because it was before my trip. And I was like, I just don't want to, these people's DMs. But I put up like Kim Kardashian endorses Rick Crusoe. And people are like, who cares? Why are you posting this? It's like. 300 million people care. We need to care because we need to counteract this. She could affect the thing. There's um, the turnout is really low in California right now. It's like only one in 10 people have returned their ballot. So actually, if someone is deciding to return their ballot and the only person whose name they've seen is Rick Caruso because Kim Kardashian tweeted it out and they know vaguely that she's into like social justice stuff. So they're like, oh, OK, whatever. That. That's scary. Yeah. You could see her tipping it over. Like, I mean, it's really that close. So it's actually not. I don't know. Sometimes I get really annoyed with the people who respond to things and are like, who cares? This isn't news. And it's like, it is. I wish it weren't. Babe. It is news. I wish it weren't. But like, yeah, like exactly you said, especially people who are like, oh, yeah, I don't like the crime either. And who don't understand the systemic factors. And they're like, Kim Kardashian, I don't like the homeless. I don't like looking at you. The homeless people are, you know, when I go to see my basketball names, I don't like to see them. And Kim Kardashian said that this was fine. You're right. I, I, I do wonder, like, is that going to pe- get people like out of their seats? Maybe, maybe not to like actually go and vote today. I really hope not because like you said, I mean, if Crusoe garners more than 50% of the vote, it's over. But if nobody gets that, it, they face off again in the general. Yeah. I just have to say, all right, I just have to say this. Kim Kardashian, first of all, in her, in her talks about politics, she's constantly states, again, this is like you were saying, it's the way for them to vote for Republican while being under the guise of the Democrats. She says that she cares about social justice issues, but doesn't like the economic policies of Democrats. What are the economic policies of Democrats? Actually funding programs may, Mm -hmm. you know, and I would say most mainstream Democrats don't even believe in defunding the police. And some, the more radical ones are like, hey, let's give police a little less budget and try to build some housing for homeless people, or maybe put money in education or any of that. Yeah, I mean, who actually is even talking about housing? Like, that's definitely not a mainstream Democratic platform that Democrats are going to like use your money to buy houses mm-hmm. for people experiencing homelessness, even though that actually would be what would make them no longer homeless. <laughs> right. Well, that's also like a criticism of the, Dem- you know, that's why people don't like the Democrats because, the, you know, yeah. a lot of mainstream Democrats aren't imagining new and different possibilities. So it's like to already not want to support these pretty centrist middle of the road things that would actually help like whatever. But I just have to say to the people who are like, she helps free people. She has, from my research, you can verify this 16 people, maybe 16 to 17 people have been freed by Kim Kardashian. What is that compared to how many black and brown people? What is that compared to how many people are homeless in LA? What is that compared to the amount of, black women the kardashian family has stolen from Mm -hmm. what is that that that's just a drop in the bucket the bar for them is just so low the bar for them is so low oh they're helping some people i would hope you help black people you have five (laughs) black children girl 
Of yeah. course you should be helping black people. But anyway, yeah. like you have, you have five oh, black children. All your nieces and nephews are black with the exception of Courtney. And, um, you know, like, yes, this what is what I would hope. That's your thing. But I will also say to people who are like, why are we talking about the Kardashians? On one end, it does feel a little frivolous. On the other end, we are looking at Amber Heard. Mm -hmm. We just are talking about like how this is a backlash to me too, how it does trickle down. Like it absolutely does. You know, this is all related. And they are Mm -hmm. like the fucking Kennedys of our time, unfortunately. And we have to be paying attention and calling them out. Because as much as we're talking about these issues outside of the celebrity context all of the time, the way a lot of the times it enters the mainstream is through this like pop culture context. So we have we have to like we have to talk about that, too. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Also, I can't help but think like New York City elected a mayor that claimed to be tough on crime. And I've never been more like it's still we've had the several subway shootings since then, several hate motivated attacks and murders. So like, I I don't know. I know they're three hours behind, but we've had this guy for a while. Look, it's not I don't feel safer. Nothing has changed here. It's never that approach has never actually borne fruit other than that it helps people win elections. But every time you look back historically when we've done these tough on crime things, the policies that have come out of it are stuff that we are literally working to dismantle today. Like people when you look back at the crime bill, the 90s crime bill, that's something that people are apologizing for participating in <laughs> right. today. Like when you look back on the 80s, like the war on drugs or whatever, that is something that I think people who are experts and knowledgeable consider to have been an enormous failure. So it's just funny that like really the only thing a tough on crime approach does is get people elected. It's how fucking Richard Nixon got elected and look how successful that was. And of course, and of course, Rudy Giuliani. (laughs) Rudy Giuliani broken windows and all of that shit. And you know, the only thing, again, I retweeted this earlier because I have a friend who's a teacher and 
millions of dollars of cuts for each school in New York City. Millions. That is what that is what a tough on crime mayor is doing. Cutting millions from education. Be like, oh, I'm tough. I don't care. You got to do the hard decisions. Like, I'm sorry, Bill de Blasio would never. <laughs> like, could right, never I like, know, I know. Like, get in oh, your God. face and be like, I'm going <laughs> to cut money from schools, from public schools, so that we give more money to cops. And cops are crushing homeless tents. Mm-hmm. Like, They're also going to yeah. make it. They also, one of his proposals, I think, is to make it easier to become a cop in L.A. So that they can, you know, just recruit even more. And it's, it's like, obscene. what if it was easier to become a social worker? What if it was easier to become a housing agent? What if it was or a easier? This is the big yeah. fucking issue with L.A. What if it was easier to build apartments with more than 20 units? That is a fucking problem with the housing thing right now. Mm-hmm. Shit is so expensive because all of the country. Yeah. Yeah, all over the country, but it's because of these people who basically ban, you know, don't even get me started on NIMBYs. But <laughs> zoning like, laws, NIMBYs. Zoning laws of like single family homes only. And it's just like, that is not what this country needs I don't think enough right people now. know that. That, that. like That is what, like there are real things that are preventing, that are preventing the construction of affordable housing that can be addressed. But it's obviously in these, in these politicians' interest, you know not to talk about it literally stopping progress and that is like the issue that a lot of boomers have took there's a really good new york times article about this woman who like did not change her like views with the times and like Mm -hmm. now is like double down on like not building any new housing in san francisco and anything that gets proposed in her area so it's just like there are actual things that can help and they're not helping and celebrities are idiots it's crazy. Yeah. And arresting homeless people is not going to help them. They're, it's really bleak, especially when you no, think about how like Rikers. Yeah, but also it's like bleak in California when you think about how they like make their prisoners fight fires. So it's like you're going to arrest a bunch of homeless people and then make them right. fight your fires. Really, the strategy is just because they won't address climate change. I mean, the dystopian strategy is that instead of addressing climate change, they just create this, this these policies to incarcerate more people so that they can put out the fires. Yeah, they mm-hmm. arrest homeless people. Then when I just like, yes, that's why Gwyneth. That's why all the Calabasas ladies are like, oh, but the incarcerated people can protect our homes. Yeah, and then guess what? When they get out of prison, they can't be firefighters because they have a record, and they can't get public housing because they have a record, and you can't vote because you have a record, and you can't get food stamps because you have a record. So you get arrested for being homeless again. And when then I you was get arrested in- for being homeless again, yeah, great, good job. When we were in. One of the places I went, we were in Marseille and there was like, you know, like a drunk guy that was like, you know, just like stumbling around. He wasn't really harassing anybody, but like, I guess they would just call him like a blight. So they were just like trying to get rid of him. And it was like taking them a while. And at one point he like, he had a beer bottle and he like smashed it on the ground and then he threw the pieces at the cops. And coming from America and watching the NYPD, I was like, this guy's about to die. Like, I was like, oh my God, this guy's, they just were kind of like. And listen, I'm not French. I don't know what normally happens, but they just were like, come on, dude. And they just like kept pushing him along and one of them cleaned it up. And it was just like, I, re- I realized how, how different policing is and how like I was primed for like, I thought that guy was going to get grabbed and get arrested or get, get extremely, extremely hurt. But it was like, what are they going to do? Put him in jail and have to feed him and maybe he gets hurt in jail? Like, yeah. The fact that the cops cleaned up after is shocking. <laughs> I know, pretty shocking.
in the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry? Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. All right, for our next topic today, this I'm, I don't know how I'm going to get this one through this one without laughing, even though it is kind of serious. Republican Representative Brian Slatten of Texas announced yesterday that he's going to introduce a bill to the Texas State House to prohibit drag shows in the presence of minors, because that is that is an issue. That is the issue of our time. Yeah, that's the issue pressing for children in Texas right now. Yeah, that's very relevant to what's going on. What just happened? That's Not what even two I am weeks ago. Very scared of is is my children being exposed to drag shows. I'm going to read you the real words that this man wrote in his tweet about the legislation. He said, drag shows are no place for a child. I would never take my children to a drag show, and I know my Republican colleagues wouldn't either. I will be filing legislation to address this issue. He said that protecting his own children, however, was not enough. This comes after some fear-mongering around a video of a drag show that was, like, specifically designed and catered to children. This happens, like, a lot during Pride, where, like, drag brunches will kind of, like, adapt their show to be more family-friendly. Um, and a video ran around and, of course, was, like, manipulated and fear-mongered about. Slan said the legislation is necessary to protect kids from, quote, perverted adults. And, of course, all the deplorables got in on this with Lauren Bobear saying, take your kids to church, not drag shows. Personally, I would rather take my kid to a drag show where guns were not allowed than anywhere, like, a church <laughs> where, they, where they are. But this also just has this, like, under, I, you know, the, this grooming thing, like, just associating, I mean, our... But Dylan Hafer was like posting, it was like, ha, ha, this is such a slippery slope to like, what is drag then? Is wearing nail, is a man wearing nail polish drag? Is that, could that be criminalized? Like this is, this is what they want ultimately. Yeah, it does harken back to that, like, um, that old school rule that was like, you have to be wearing like three gender appropriate items of clothing or whatever. Like mm-hmm. that used to be how they would like arrest trans people. It's like, whoa. Um, Yeah, I think that that's also like a Stonewall thing, too. Like people at Stone, there were people there who were not wearing three gender appropriate areas of clothing. So there's all that. I mean, it's also just absurd to be doing this in Texas. And it's also like, I don't know, it's just funny. Like, yeah, there are some drag shows that will where they'll like have a drag queen read a children's book or whatever. How is that that different from, like, a kid seeing a clown? <laughs> or right, exactly. Like, like, they're not doing their full routine. Like, they're not, it's not RuPaul's Drag Race. They're not taking kids to Snatch Game. Like, it's not, like, it's not like they're watching a raunchy <laughs> performance. A lot of times it's just, like, a per. Ultimately, what the child would see is, like, a person in big, crazy makeup and hair who's being funny, reading a story. And what about parents' rights? Who cares if you don't think right? it's for you? It's just so it's so hypocritical because then you think it's like this guy seems to think that it is his moral obligation to not only protect his own children from obscene things, but other people's children. Yet well, we have these lawmakers posing with their kids with automatic rifles. Well, I personally terrible. think that it is my politics to prevent kids from from growing up in an environment like that. That's that's kind of sick. Well, yeah. they're also like that is arguably like 
much you worse. can harm a lot of people with an AR-15 rifle and you can't, you know, if you're if you're gay or whatever, you, you're not going to harm. You're not going to go you in. You can only slap and somebody so hard school. with a chicken cutlet. Yeah, exactly. What? Um, <laughs> well, I think for me. Right. We always talk about Republican messaging and Republican um, culture wars. And they had a big loss last week because they on record and they're about to go on record again and say they don't care about gun violence. Mm -hmm. They don't care. Like they rather have the Second Amendment than, you know, control guns, have more background checks and stuff. They have lost that, you know. So instead of dealing with that internally or making, you know, they're trying to negotiate and try to pass this bill or whatever. They're trying to distract and be like, oh, but oh, kids and thing. And it's just so obvious. And I saw a thread today that really like about Republican messaging in politics. And mm -hmm. it's just like the I'm just going to read like it's like the the two pillars of the Republican Party is one they can tell people what to do and two you cannot tell them what to do like yeah. as long as you know those two things with every issue you will that is all the republicans messaging is because he's like i'm not gonna let my kids it's like great don't let your kids go to a drug yeah. show that is your choice don't take them but then it's like no but i also know more and i you make a different choice than me so whatever because it's like yeah they'll let their kids hold a gun what about these parents who take their kids to drag shows and it's like i actually don't want my kids to ever hold a gun or see a gun in their lifetime yeah yeah i want bans on guns but i don't really i would i wouldn't ban you from bringing your kid to a gun show i think that's fucking weird and gross but i probably wouldn't pass a bill like you're right that, that framing is exactly what they do Mm -hmm. But they are going to pass a bill. It's not even hypocrisy to them. Yeah. That's what they think. And for me, it's just like, what can Democrats do at this point? And it's like, can you reason with someone who thinks like that? I don't think so. I feel like you just have to fucking ignore it. Like, you know, it's like kind of like the... It's like they want to control who goes to drag shows. They don't want to vaccinate their kids. They don't want to wear masks in public. Like, it's just so crazy. You and know, this seems disconnected from like, you know, whether Republican senators that are open to, to gun control measures are going to do it. But it's not because these these people are so like imprisoned by their base. They if they go against their base, they're going against the party and they they perceive themselves to be punished, although there was a really good episode of The Daily this morning that said, like, the the, the Republican senators who, after Sandy Hook, were open to changes were not punished later. So they're just, I don't know what these guys, they're just cowards. They're just petrified about going against their base, and the base is just getting increased. I don't know how much crazier it can get, you guys. Yeah, and I think you know? there was a good point where somebody was like, um, you know, 44% of Republicans see, like, gun, like, like mass shootings as like reality that was like a poll that came out it's like Jesus. we just have to accept it you know like that's part of reality but then someone pointed out like 44 percent of republicans is not a lot of people <laughs> wait that's so true we're so held hostage by them and like they're yeah but for because you're thinking about how many republicans there are Every time so there's like a popular 25 vote. like 25 percent of people. Yeah. Yeah. It's like less than Max. a quarter of, of, of the population. 
sorry, you're not the fucking majority. Move on. It's not going to be our, you know, thing. And I, I saw you have the Stonewall, Stonewall arrest, but like the, 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 the point that Elise brought earlier, which is really important. There's a reason why people really vehemently uh, like uh, oppose cop presence at pride events. And that's because of legislation not too far away from this, mm -hmm. the, the slippery slope, deviant laws. Yeah. Cops literally in New York City, like the fucking infiltrated and like would raid gay clubs all the time. Yeah, no, I, I noted that down because we need to like highlight that in a video or something. I didn't know that there were laws at the time that were like, because that's exactly what this is recalling in a really sick way. Yeah, it's sick. Ugh, gross. Well, I'm glad to be back. And uh, we'll chat about these outcomes tomorrow. And tomorrow we'll also preview these these primetime January 6th hearings. I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm bad. I'm 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 proud of these guys that they get primetime. I am annoyed I have to spend my nights watching them. I'm used to spending I'm my going days to watching Spain, them. Baby. I know. We're both getting away at a great boom, time. Boom, boom, boom. All right. <laughs> Rohita will handle it for you. Yes, exactly. We'll be back tomorrow until the end of democracy. I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Millie Tamaras. And this is the Betcha Sub Podcast. Bye. The Betcha Sub Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Jorge Morales Pico, and Sean Kilby. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails to suppod at betches.com. Betches.